Hello, Texas, America, and the world. This is Mark Dankoff coming to you live on the Dankoff Report on the Republic Broadcasting Network. We have a number of things to cover today very, very quickly. We have a special guest, and that special guest is Archpriest John Whiteford of Global Orthodox. He is also the priest of St. Jonah Russian Orthodox Church in Spring, Texas. We'll have no call-ins today so that we can give Father Whiteford the maximum amount of time on the air. And, of course, we will also be featuring this show on the Tuesday edition of the Dan Koff Report, which airs with ACH out of London. Ask yourselves this question. How does the New World Order operate? How does Globo Homo operate? Clearly, we understand that it operates according to four basic methodologies. Economic blackmail and sanctions, coup d'etats and assassinations, number two. Number three, military threats and interventions. Number four, last but not least, cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism and spiritual subversion. That's the methodology that has worked so well for global homo and the new world order, unfortunately, in the United States and in the Western world. But the fundamental question is this. Has global homo and the new world order suddenly come up against a brick wall in terms of Vladimir Putin's Russia in the Ukraine? This is what we're going to be talking to Archpriest John Whiteford of Global Orthodox about. And then, of course, on Tuesday, we'll be making reference to this show out of London, uh, as well as talking about Suravikin's sledgehammer, which uh, Alexander Mercurius terms the particular way in which this war is likely to end in Russia's favor, as the West is dangling and left dangling in the wind. Father Whiteford, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, uh, you're you're someone that all of our listeners and the Republic Broadcasting Network need to know about. The London, England version of this show, which goes out Tuesday, will air on RBN, uh, but it's also going to be on Rents Radio, uh, Eurofolk Radio, uh, ACH's network, of course, and uh, Dave Gehari's new radio network at Free Speech Radio. He has been a longtime radio and columnist whiz with the American Free Press. Long and short of it is that over time that we have every reason to believe that thousands of additional people uh, are going to learn exactly who you are. They're going to learn more about the Global Orthodox website. You're also going to zero in on what is really going on in this war, which, again, is not simply a war against Putin's Russia in terms of economic blackmail and sanctions. That's not working. Coup d'etats and assassinations are still trying that, obviously. The Dugina tragedy, the assassination of Daria Dugina in Moscow on August 20th, is evidence of that. Military threats and interventions uh, remains to be seen how much further NATO and the United States are going to push that envelope. And last but not least, of course, is your particular expertise. You know a lot about the other ones, obviously. But cultural and spiritual subversion. Uh, how do you see this situation as it pertains to the West? How do you see what is going on with the Orthodox Church in the Western world in certain circles? Uh, how do you think this whole LGBTQ thing plays out globally? Uh, is It certainly seems that there is a religious dimension uh, of this New World Order attack on Putin. You just run with it from there, sir, and I'll ask questions as need be. Well... You know, Orthodox uh, Christians that are living in the West are swimming in the same cultural sea as everybody else. 
And so that's part of the problem is just the, the, the cultural subversion that everybody has been subjected to. And we have people who grow up in the Orthodox Church, uh, you know, maybe more or less uh, uh, faithful in terms of their attendance, but they get influenced by the culture and they wind up adopting views that are contrary to the Orthodox Church. But the thing is, it's, a lot of this is not just... Uh, natural or, or, or stuff that's being absorbed by Orthodox Christians by osmosis, there actually are elements in, in you know, like foundation money and even the State Department that are actively trying to subvert Orthodoxy. And uh, to give a little bit of background, the Patriarch of Constantinople is in the Orthodox Church considered to be the first among equals. He's not the Pope of the East. He's just the bishop that would preside in the first place if you had all the patriarchs together, and if there was a, a council that involved uh, bishops outside of his own patriarchate, he would preside because he's he's the first in the diptychs or in rank. But uh, but every local church has its own head and has its own synod, and so there's there's not a centralization in orthodoxy like you have in the Roman Catholic Church. But um, Constantinople fell, you know, uh, quite some time ago, many centuries ago, and under the Turks, the Orthodox Christians suffered quite a bit. But particularly uh, at the end of World War One, there was a uh, the, the Greeks attempted to liberate the Greek areas of Turkey. Uh, and to to bring them in, to make them part of Greece, but that war didn't go so well. So the Turks prevailed in that war and bas- basically ethnically cleansed the Greeks that still lived in Asia Minor, and they allowed something like fifty thousand uh, Greeks to remain in in Istanbul or Constantinople itself. But then, as the years went by, they made life so uncomfortable for them that that population dwindled. And it's now maybe a, a couple of thousand at the most. And so the Patriarch of Constantinople, having once had a pretty substantial uh, amount of territory and a lot of support from from uh, dioceses that had lots of people and people who were supporting it, suddenly found itself uh, kind of in the lurch and so then went on a, a spree of trying to draw under its own uh, authority Greek-speaking dioceses around the world. For example, the Greeks in the, in the United States were under the Church of Greece rather than the Patriarch of Constantinople prior to uh, the 1920s. But uh, what happened was, is by you know, it's a long story, but to make a long story short, these, these various Greek-speaking dioceses wound up under the Ecumenical Patriarch, but also... The Patriarch of Constantinople was on a, under a lot of British influence originally, but around World War II, uh, that influence started to shift towards the United States. And so essentially, the Patriarch, of, and as a matter of fact, the Patriarch Athenagoras, who was the Patriarch of, the, of North America at the time, uh, at the end of World War II, or after World War II, was elected Patriarch Constantinople and was flown on the forerunner to Air Force One, which was called the Holy Cow by Harry Truman, to Constantinople. <laughs> and this is all true. Yes. And uh, and uh, 
And, and so the United States has had more than a little bit of a hand in the affairs of, of Constantinople. Well, unfortunately, what we've seen in more recent years is the United States has been pushing homosexuality around the world and using its power to do so. It's also been trying to divide the Orthodox Church because it sees uh, the Russian Orthodox Church as having a lot of influence outside of the boundaries of Russia, and so it it wants to divide the church. It doesn't care about any of the theological issues uh, that, that the Orthodox Church considers to be important. It just wants to break things up. So they sponsored a schismatic group in Ukraine, and um, by some means were, were able to get the Patriarch of Constantinople to recognize that group, even though previously the Patriarch had uh, condemned these people as uh, as schismatics and uh, and, and made it clear that they, Ukraine was part of the Russian Church. But uh, back in uh, 2018, that all changed, and um, and U.S. diplomats were going around the world meeting with the heads of other local Orthodox churches trying to pressure them into recognizing the schismatic group. Most of the Orthodox churches not recognize the schismatic group at this point, but... Uh, the Patriarch of Alexandria, which is uh, is the Patriarch that's over Africa, uh, also the Church of Greece, uh, the Church of uh, Cyprus, uh, they recognize them, and uh, and so this is it's not a full blown schism in the Orthodox Church at this point, but it's certainly a divisive issue, and uh, and unfortunately our taxpayer dollars are going to uh, to fund all of this. Well, we you know, I read. No, go ahead, sir. Well, in terms of the LGBTQ stuff, um, there are a number of uh, Orthodox scholars, quote unquote, that have started promoting this stuff. And if you, there's a website that's called Public Orthodoxy. And if you look at this website, uh, it's, it's run out of Fordham University. There's an Orthodox Studies uh, department there. And there are two uh, Orthodox laymen that are the heads of it. And uh, if you look at that website, that's that's not a shoestring budget website. But every every article is translated into other languages, and I think they have something like six languages that they're posting this stuff in. So they're they're getting money, and uh, this money's coming from foundations. It wouldn't surprise me if some of it's coming directly from the U.S. government. But if it's not coming directly, it's coming indirectly. And it's being translated into all these other languages because they're trying to use that to undermine orthodoxy around the world. And this site regularly promotes uh, homosexuality, transgenderism, um, anything you, anything you can name in terms of the alphabet soup stuff. They're promoting it. And um, yes, and I uh, I just want to say uh, three things to our listeners. Uh, uh, Father uh, White uh, Whiteford's uh, a great contributor to Global Orthodoxy, which exposed much of this in conjunction with a film that was on YouTube uh, by a source using a pseudonym that nonetheless had a four-part series entitled "The Subversion of American Orthodoxy." Now, this was finally taken down from YouTube. Uh, when Fordham University's Orthodox Studies Department uh, falsely claimed, in my view, and in the view of the person who posted these videos, uh, falsely claimed copyright violation, uh, when in fact uh, the person who posted them 
made reference to fair use uh, law, uh, which should have uh, caused YouTube to let uh, let those uh, videos stand. Uh, you can still see those videos uh, it on BitChute. I want to uh, refer our listeners to BitChute and to look for the global uh, or the, the global subversion of American orthodoxy or the subversion of American orthodoxy. The other thing, and I've made reference to this before, this kind of gets into what uh, 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 Father Whiteford has been talking about here. James Jotras, who used to work for the American State Department, he is an Orthodox Christian. Uh, he wrote a piece for um, Chronicles Magazine, and I believe it was entitled, What is the State Department Really Up To in Ukraine? I believe it is there that uh, Jotras tells us that this Bartholomew II, this patriarch of Istanbul that uh, Father Whiteford has made reference to, received a truckload of money from the National Endowment for Democracy, which is, uh, I think, probably a conduit for uh, money coming directly from the Central Intelligence Agency, if the truth be known. But if I'm remembering this correctly, Jotras uh, indicated in this article that some uh, $25 million passed its way uh, to the patriarch of, uh, of Constantinople, who then proceeded to intervene in Ukraine, in Ukraine, uh, which is not his ecclesiastical jurisdiction, folks. Uh, the, the ecclesiastical jurisdiction over the legitimate Orthodox Church of Ukraine is the Russian patriarch Kirill in Moscow. I think we can all see where that's going. Uh, a schismatic Ukrainian church was formed as a result of Bartholomew II's intervention uh, at the behest of the uh, American State Department and, and presumably the American intelligence community. Uh, and now, as I understand it, Mr. Zelensky uh, either has signed or will sign legislation uh, that will prohibit uh, any uh, orthodox uh, activities in Ukraine, worship or otherwise, uh, that involve anything other than the schismatic Orthodox Church uh, that is certainly not recognized uh, as valid uh, by the Russian Orthodox Church. Is that is that a fairly good understanding, Father Whiteford, of what was going on there? That That's correct. As a matter of fact, there was an article that just came out today that he, was, he signed an executive order that... Uh, was probing whether the legitimate uh, Orthodox Church in Ukraine had any connections with Russia that were still in existence, and uh, and also to look at whether they had a right to occupy the Kiev Caves, which, if you're not Orthodox, that might not mean anything to you, but the Kiev Caves Lavro is a very large collection of monasteries that's in Kiev, and it's you know one of the most holy sites in the Russian Church. And uh, if, if they kick the, the monks out of there, that's going to be a pretty earth-shaking event, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if that's what it comes to. And yes. you, know, the, you should understand that most of the people in Ukraine are Orthodox. Unfortunately, after the Soviet period, that doesn't mean that everybody actually goes to church that considers themselves to be Orthodox. But there are a lot of very pious people in Ukraine, and most of those people go to the legitimate church. And certainly most of the monks and the nuns in Ukraine are part of the legitimate church, not the bogus AstroTurf church. Yes. And, you know, one, one thing that, of course, uh, is conveniently never mentioned, uh, and I'm sure it never gets any, I'm guessing it never gets any play at the Fordham University 
Center for Orthodox Studies, uh, I'm presuming. And that is that, folks, we need to be reminded that in February of 2014, uh, the United States and the European Union illegitimately overthrew the elected government of Ukraine in Kiev. Uh, whether you like uh, the Yanukovych regime or not, it was legitimately elected. There's a coup d'etat in that country that uh, was, uh, was uh, absolutely illegal. Uh, that set the stage along with these expansions of NATO uh, since, since the late 1990s and Bill Clinton's bombing of Serbia uh, in 1999 set the stage for uh, the eventual uh, arrival of Mr. Zelensky to the so-called presidency of Ukraine. Now, now to me, uh, uh, Father Whiteford, we're going to get into something obviously really controversial here, but it strikes me as rather fascinating that Ukraine is an orthodox country, uh, and yet these last two uh, presidents uh, installed by the West are, are Jewish, uh, Mr. Zelensky, in particular, uh, was backed by uh, several uh, Jewish uh, oligarchs in Ukraine, Igor Kolomoisky being the most significant of those. And essentially, and, and this is something that people can see right on YouTube, Zelensky is a Jewish drag queen nightclub comedian, folks. That's, that's who he is. You know, believe me, uh, check the videos that are out there on YouTube. How in the world does someone with this background become the president of an Orthodox country uh, where now you have two Orthodox countries fighting each other? Uh, I think this gets back, uh, uh, Father Whiteford, to what I alluded to at the beginning of the show, where uh, you have four methodologies that the New World Order uses. And when we come back, we'll examine that in greater detail. We'll be back. This is Mark Dankoff live broadcasting on the Dankoff Report on RBN. We will be back shortly with Archpriest John Whiteford of Global Orthodoxy and as well, St. Jonah Russian Orthodox Church in Spring, Texas. Stay tuned. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 
0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. We are back. You are live with Mark Dankoff on the Dankoff Report from San Antonio, Texas, but on the Republic Broadcasting Network. And of course, in terms of shameless self-promotion, I'll remind you, that in terms of our show roadmap, uh, which uh, will go up uh, when the show goes up for later listeners, uh, you'll see a link to my Mark Dankoff's Christian Martyrdom in the American Empire. That's a 2018 publication, by the way. But uh, Jonas E. Alexis at Veterans Today uh, has reposted that uh, because in the wake of the event since February uh, 24th of this year, uh, that particular post is perhaps uh, more relevant than it was four years ago. So take a look at that. And then the other thing, uh, because my listeners are also readers, we have a roadmap that we'll post in terms of show description, description that will lead you to some of Archpriest John Whiteford's uh, writings, uh, political articles and analysis, sermons, uh, his news sites, or a variety of ways in which you can follow him. Uh, there's a terrific amount of information about him and the various things that he's been doing on our behalf uh, that are not possible to cover in any talk show, even if we were on here for 12 hours or maybe even 12 years. So take a look at those articles. Those are already running uh, in uh, both the uh, English and Russian language promos for this shows in Russian social media. So I imagine that uh, over time, this particular show is going to be of interest to all of those folks uh, in that part of the world, as well as our London listeners 
when the Dan Coff report airs on, on ACH and on rents and on RBN, uh, and on Gehari's free speech radio, uh, and on Eurofolk radio on Tuesday. Uh, Father Whiteford, uh, I was mentioning at the, at the beginning of the show, uh, it's always seemed to me that the new world order, as we understand that, obviously, uh, I don't think I even have to ask you the leading question as to whether or not there is a satanic force that is behind this so-called new world order. May ask you to expand upon that uh, shortly in terms of what you understand of uh, Christian eschatology those things that will precede the second coming of Christ, uh, as the Orthodox Church understands that. But uh, getting back uh, for just a minute to uh, the four things I mentioned, economic blackmail and sanctions, that's a part of what the New World Order uses, coup d'etats and assassinations, uh, just as one example, of course, the February 2014 uh, coup d'etat in Kiev, and the Daria Dugina assassination in Moscow this past August 20th uh, as, as examples there. Uh, third, military threats and interventions. We're reading about that sort of thing every day. And then finally, this business of cultural and spiritual subversion. Uh, you know, this thing seems to me to run so deeply. Uh, I found uh, Mike Pompeo, of all people, Check this out, folks. If you go to the American consulate website in Kiev, you can find Mike Pompeo, our secretary of state under a Republican president, promoting LGBTQ pride in Kiev. Uh, ruminate on that one for a minute. Uh, Father, uh, Father Whiteford, uh, how deep, deeply does this run and how do you see this playing out? Uh, wh what's going to happen, in your view, uh, with the West, generally, the United States specifically, uh, and in this Russian-Ukrainian war? Uh, and I know your political knowledge dovetails with your eschatological perspective. Uh, wh what do you think we can look for in, uh, in weeks and months ahead until the Lord uh, returns, whenever that may be? Uh, what, what's your, your uh, informed forecast on this? Well, I mean, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but as far as the, the war in Ukraine, the way that it's looking to me is that Russia is gearing up to, um, to um, win it. And I, I, I yes. think that they're likely, to, they're likely to have control of most or all of the country uh, within a year, if not half of a year, I, you know, I, I I don't know that for sure. It's you know, there's a lot of variables in there, but it, it looks like the West has run out of uh, artillery pieces and shells and yes. uh, and weapon systems, and Russia spent the last eight years preparing for this war. I think that Russia was trying to avoid this war, uh, and they would have certainly taken a whole lot less if if there had been any. Uh, reasonableness on the other side but this war happened because the united states wanted it to happen yes. and uh, all all putin wanted really um, before this this whole thing happened was he wanted eastern ukraine the breakaway republics to be recognized as autonomous so they still would have been part of ukraine exactly but they would have been they would have been allowed to run their own affairs 
And, of course, he would have wanted Ukraine to recognize that Crimea was Russian because Crimea was always part of Russia up until Khrushchev, uh, probably in some drunken stupor, decided to give it yeah. to Ukraine. And, and he was himself a Ukrainian. Uh, and uh, We'll be back in a so, second, Father Whiteford. This, uh, we got a sh- uh, short break here. When we get back, I want to get back to this Crimean issue and this whole business of the referendum in Crimea uh, that was never recognized by the West. We'll be back with Archpriest John Whiteford of Global Orthodox. This is Mark Dankoff coming to you on the Dankoff Report on the Republic Broadcasting Network. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. Drinksupertea.com.
We are back on the Dankoff Report live on the Republic Broadcasting Network with Archpriest John Whiteford of Global Orthodox. Uh, by the way, before we get into Crimea and uh, what the significance of that is with uh, Father Whiteford, I, I just uh, had a message that came in from Alexander Mercurius of the Duran, uh, and not only to me, but to a lot of folks, indicating that I guess we've got some uh, brand new Russian missile strikes going on in Ukraine. Consult the Duran, by the way, folks. Another good one is South Front. South Front came under severe cyber attack last night, they were telling me, uh, because there are awful lot of powerful people that don't want that information making its way to people in Western Europe and the United States about what's really going on. Scott Berletic of uh, the New Atlas uh, on YouTube is another great source. There's Military Summary uh, on YouTube. And, of course, there is uh, Larry Johnson, uh, son of the American Revolution, uh, ex-CIA analyst. And uh, you'll find Larry's website on my list of news links on my website, Mark Dancos, Catacomb at WordPress.com. And again, once again, folks, uh, avail yourselves in the uh, of, in the show description and the roadmap uh, of all of the various things that Archpriest John Whiteford has put in this uh, Global Orthodox website, uh, and that involves good political news analysis uh, as well as news analysis that has an Orthodox theological perspective, a legitimate one. And, and again, uh, you can also find all kinds of ways to father, to, uh, follow Father, uh, uh, Whiteford ongoingly because he, like these other people that I have just mentioned, is an outstanding source uh, for what's really going on. Uh, Father Whiteford, back to this whole business of Crimea. Uh, before the break, you, of course, emphasized that Crimea uh, was always a part of the old Soviet Union. And, of course, uh, the, the circumstances under which Khrushchev uh, just gave it its independence apparently had an awful lot to do with too much vodka to drink that night. Uh, but nonetheless, Crimea continued uh, to be home to the Russian Navy and Sevastopol, still is for that matter. And as I understand this, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the people of Crimea, looking at the CIA... European Union coup d'etat in Kiev decided that they did not want to be ruled by this illegitimate regime. And so they had a referendum and voted overwhelmingly by some staggering figure to return to Russia. So my question is this, uh, how is it that the West uh, wants everyone in the so-called world community to recognize the Zelensky regime and to recognize uh, these regimes that replaced Yanukovych by coup d'etat in February of 2014. Uh, but the West at the same time says the Crimeans have no right to hold a referendum on whether or not they should return to Russia. Uh, double standard here? Well, there's it's more than a double standard. If you take Kosovo, for example, they didn't even have a referendum before they declared their independence from Serbia. And uh, we had promised the, uh, at that time, Yugoslavian government that Kosovo was not going to be made independent when we exactly. uh, when they agreed to allow us to occupy it after we bombed them back to the Stone Age. And um, so... The, the, there, there's hypocrisy in spades here. The, the people in, in Crimea are overwhelmingly uh, Russian, 
and they overwhelmingly support being part of Russia as opposed to Ukraine, particularly after what had happened. I think that if we had not had the coup, Crimea would have probably continued on. They were already an autonomous part of Ukraine. They really yes. managed their own affairs, and I think they would have been happy to have left things that way. But the real shame of the situation is, is that the people of Ukraine don't want this war, and the people of Russia don't want this war. The United States wanted this war because they wanted to uh, push the boundaries of NATO right into Russia's face, and it also is a convenient way of uh, uh, buying, justifying buying and, and giving away a lot of uh, very expensive weapon systems. And so it uh, pays off a lot of uh, military contractors that, uh, that, that want that kind of money constantly flowing. Exactly. But, uh, and we are talking about billions and billions of dollars, folks, going to the, uh, the uh, armaments industry, the armaments manufacturers. Uh, I read just a day or two ago that some of these arms uh, that supposedly were de- uh, delivered to Zelensky in Ukraine uh, suddenly turned up on the border between Colombia uh, and Venezuela. So that ought to suggest the level of non-accountability in this whole process. You also mentioned something else, Father Whiteford, that I think is absolutely uh, uh, critical here, and that is that in the run-up to the coup d'etat of February 2014, and of course in the eight years that followed, uh, uh, the American people have not had it explained to them by their news media uh, that this uh, illegitimate regime uh, that was installed by the West in uh, February 2014 conducted an eight-year war against these uh, Russian-speaking peoples in Donbass and Lugansk that apparently killed somewhere between 15 and 17,000 people. That's conveniently never mentioned. But going back to what you were saying about uh, you know, Bill Clinton illegitimately utilizing NATO uh, to bomb Serbia in 1999, uh, and out of that to illegitimately create uh, this uh, this rump state of Kosovo. But uh, even prior to that, we had all of these expansions of countries joining NATO, who at one time were a part of the Warsaw Pact in Soviet days, and uh, I duly know what Pat Buchanan and uh, and David Stockman have noted, among many others, and that is that we, meaning the United States government, promised Gorbachev uh, through George Herbert Walker Bush and James Baker that the United States would never recruit these former Warsaw Pact countries to join NATO, never push NATO closer to Russian borders, uh, would not install American and NATO military assets uh, in these countries, and yet in conjunction with what Clinton did in bombing Serbia, that's exactly what we've done with these NATO expansions, and it just seems in one sense that this uh, uh, ignition of this war on the part of uh, the United States uh, and NATO and the European Union uh, with Putin's Russia in Ukraine, uh, that that's simply the latest tragedy that goes all the way back to the NATO, uh, uh, the illegitimate recruitment recruitment of these countries to join NATO, uh, Clinton's bombing of Serbia, and then, of course, you had the uh, John McCain-sanctioned uh, attempt uh, to uh, support Georgia 
in an illegitimate war with South Ossetia that clearly had the American neoconservative element behind the ignition of that conflict uh, is a predecessor to what we're looking at now. I mean, uh, when when do we simply say uh, that enough is enough? Where is the American public on this? Where is the European public on this, especially now that they're getting closer to a, a gross global military involvement that will involve their own sons and daughters and and an involvement in something that's costing billions of dollars in subsidies to Zelensky and the armaments manufacturers uh, at the same time that uh, we are looking at the the economic impact that this is having on the Western countries that jumped into this economic war of attrition against Putin. Where's the American public on this? Well, are the European uh, uh, countries, it seems to be, uh, I'm thinking of Austria, for example, somewhat in Germany, uh, a little bit in France. There have been some protests that have started uh, on this whole business. Is, is this going to get larger? Or are the uh, Western European peoples in the, in the United States and the Canadians in the United Kingdom just going to be willingly drawn into this mess? Well, there's there are people. It's almost like they. I I think there might even be some desire on the part of people in the deep state in the United States to actually get us into a hot war, so that they can justify uh, taking emergency powers in the United States. Uh, yeah, I don't know I that, this. but I I wouldn't be surprised. But I but what we're this. doing is so reckless and insane. Uh, and yet our media is not alerting the American people to the danger that we're in. We're almost in a hot war with a country that has more nuclear weapons than we do. And uh, and there's no way that a nuclear war would end well for anybody. So it, it, this is something, it, it, in a conventional war, I don't think we could win right now because we've so uh, diminished our military uh, that I don't think they'd be capable of, of winning a conventional war against Russia right now. And, and uh and, uh, and we wouldn't want it to escalate beyond that. Yes. Well, that's certainly my reading of it, and that's the reading of all of these uh, 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 secular experts that I have cited uh, for our listeners to uh, ongoingly consult. Uh, your analysis dovetails with theirs. It dovetails with mine, as they have informed me. Uh, and, and to me, uh, it, it it's absolutely breathtaking. I haven't... Uh, you know, going back to an article that uh, was on my uh, referenced on my show last week, David Wemhoff, who's a Roman Catholic, wrote an article for Lou Rockwell entitled "Vatican II and the Deep State." Now, Wemhoff has satisfied me more importantly, perhaps in terms of volume of writing. Doctor E. Michael Jones, the uh, Roman Catholic scholar up in South Bend, Indiana, with Culture Wars, uh, has informed me over years about the amount of deep state activity that produced Vatican II and the aftermath in the Roman tradition. Now, the reason I mention this, do you think that that's behind what the deep state in the United States and in Western Europe uh, are starting uh, to, uh, to launch in the way of the subversion of the theological standards of the Orthodox Church? And it seems to me uh, that they've targeted the Russian Orthodox Church in particular. Uh, is is that the way you're reading this? I think that that's true, and, and matter of fact, a lot of this is not even debatable. There's a there's a pro uh, 
ecumenical patriarch slash pro schismatic Ukraine website that's known as the Orthodox Times, and uh, and they got a hundred thousand dollar grant from the United States uh, State Department. You know that's that, that's a matter of public record. So, yes. Uh, so they don't even make a secret about it. I mean, when when we had our diplomats going around the world to meet with the heads of local Orthodox churches and to try to pressure them into accepting the schismatic group, uh, they weren't making a secret of that either. And matter of fact, the Patriarch of Alexandria had always promised that he would never support the schismatics, and then all of a sudden he turned on a dime. And I, I don't know what kind of pressure was brought to bear, but apparently it was sufficient, because he flipped. Yes. Well, this, uh, you know, and, and this, this always gets back to something as, as Father uh, Whiteford educates all of us, including me, on what is happening with the Orthodox Church. Uh, I, I go back to something at the beginning of this, of the overt shooting war in February, uh, when Putin uh, intervened in the Donbass. Here in San Antonio, the seventh largest city in America, it is Military Town, USA. Among many other things, you've got the Air Force's Air Intelligence Agency here at Lackland Air Force Base. You have the National Security Agency's Global Internet Surveillance Operation, not in Fort Meade, but here in San Antonio. Uh, that's a joint uh, operation with Bill Gates and Microsoft. They built this gigantic complex in San Antonio. You can see pictures of it on Google search. Now, having said all of that, uh, when the war first started, uh, overt war started this past February, all of a sudden in San Antonio, on all of these clear channel uh, electronic boards, the Ukrainian flag was everywhere, and you had a mixture of the Ukrainian flag and the uh, co-optation of the post-9-11 United We Stand theme, uh, and it, and these billboards all over the city were constantly beaming. Uh, United we stand with Ukraine, with the Ukrainian flag in the background. Now, this, folks, let me let me tell you, if you have any idea how much money it takes to have that kind of round the clock advertising on clear channel electronic billboards in the seventh largest city in the United States. Who was paying for all of that advertisement? How much money uh, did Clear Channel actually make off of that? I don't have the figures, but those are the questions. And yet, interestingly enough, as the sledding got worse and worse uh, for Ukraine militarily, as at least some information in the alt media was contradicting the party line on why Putin intervened in Donbass, as the American public started getting wind of $65 billion of their tax dollars being poured into Zelensky's operation, uh, followed uh, by what I think is now an attempt on Biden's part to dump another $37 billion in there. Uh, and this, this just goes on and on and on. Uh, follow the trails of the money, folks, uh, because now... Uh, it's it's quite fascinating, quite comical to analyze these electronic uh, billboards uh, because now uh, it's uh, been replaced by other advertising that is quite suggestive of uh, of of a message that perhaps is trying to soft pedal 
uh, a number of things about uh, Volodymyr Zelensky that are bringing painful truths home in terms of who it may be who is be really behind the New World Order. Now, this gets us into eschatology, uh, Father Whiteford. In terms of the New World Order, in terms of demonic influence, the appearance of Antichrist, the eventual second coming of Christ, uh, in terms of your uh, Russian Orthodox theology, uh, are we seeing some of this starting to play out in what has happened just since February? Well, I tend to think so. You know, if you lived in the Soviet Union in the 1930s, you would have probably thought that the Antichrist had already come, though, so I always caution people that you never know. But uh, uh, there are a lot of prophecies from contemporary saints and saints of recent memory that uh, that give us some idea of what might be coming. There's a... Uh, Let's continue with that when we come back, Father. Uh, we'll be okay, back sure. with Archpriest John Whiteford. After the commercial break, you're listening to the Dan Koff Report from San Antonio on the Republic Broadcasting Network. We'll be right back. No reason to get Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilaji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. 
So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Thanks, you. with Mark Dankoff on the Republic Broadcasting Network and the Dankoff Report. Our special guest in these final minutes, and I mean minutes, is Archpriest John Whiteford. Uh, Global Orthodox is a terrific site, folks. Even if you are not an Orthodox Christian, uh, it'll put you in the know. Take a look at uh, what Alexander Mercurius seems to be putting out at the Duran today in the way of a latest video. Uh, suggests that Suravikin's sledgehammer uh, is just beginning to fall on uh, Zelensky and the people behind Zelensky and this entire tragedy in the Ukraine, which uh, regardless of your political affiliation and who you want to see prevail in this war, uh, has taken the lives of a lot of innocent people on both sides. Uh, Archpriest John Whiteford, uh, here we are now back to eschatology again. You get to cover eschatology in, who knows, two minutes, <laughs> which is why I want people to read your stuff in the roadmap. But go ahead, sir. Eschatology and what we're watching right now. There was a, a saintly elder in uh, China who was a Russian refugee uh, you know, that w- went to China after the Bolshevik Revolution in the 1930s by the name of uh, Ignatius. And uh, he made a prophecy that said that what began in Russia will end in America. And um, and I knew some people who were from Harbin that told me that the way that they remembered it was that he actually added, but it will be worse. And uh, and I, I tend to think that that latter part of it is probably true. And a lot of other contemporary saints that have, have made prophecies about what will happen have said that basically Russia has already gone through its time of uh, persecution and uh, and judgment, and uh, and that basically when the Antichrist comes, it's the it's the West that's going to suffer the most, and in particular the United States. And uh, so, I don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but I just tell my people that if you it, you have to be faithful to Christ and prepare. And I also remind them about what it's like when a hurricane is coming. It's too late when the hurricane is is coming to start preparing. You have to prepare now, because uh, when, once the hurricane's on the horizon, you, you, the stores empty out quick, and basically you're left with whatever you had. And that's the way that persecution's probably going to be in this country, is if you're not prepared, you're, you're going to be stuck with what you have in your home, what you have in terms of knowledge, and if you don't prepare, you're going to be left in the lurch. Exactly, and uh, this gets into uh, many biblical passages that Archpriest John Whiteford can undoubtedly exegete better than I can, uh, but it deals with the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And in terms of faithfulness, uh, whatever type of Christian you might be today, uh, whether you're looking at the Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church specifically, you're looking at believers within the Roman Catholic Church, uh, you're looking at believers who uh, continue to reside in some really dubious Protestant denominations that have really fallen by the wayside. Uh, 
nonetheless, uh, Christ's words to the church of Smyrna in Revelation chapter 2, the most faithful of the seven churches of Asia Minor, arguably along with the church of Philadelphia. Uh, But Revelation 2, 9 and 10, and of course the Lord says specifically there, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Well, folks, we've had Archpriest John Whiteford of Global Orthodox on. Avail yourself of all of his information that is in the show roadmap. We'll be promoting this again out of London, the Dan Koff Report on ACH, coming out of the United Kingdom on Tuesday. Take a look at my new post for Veterans Today, uh, Christian Martyrdom in the American Empire, and uh, last but not least, uh, keep an eye on Suravikan Sledgehammer, through the Duran and some of these other sources that I have mentioned, because it certainly seems to me that uh, biblical eschatology is in the process of being progressively fulfilled. We'll see you next week. Thanks again to Father Whiteford. Mark Dankoff signing off from San Antonio, Texas. Hi. Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 carcass drop and lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.